Welcome to this edition of Rail Group On Air, the podcast series brought to you by Railway Age, Railway Track and Structures, and International Railway Journal. This is Railway Age Editor-in-Chief William C. Bantuono. So with this podcast, we are introducing a new series, a three-part series on system safety, and we've chosen a, a title, Safety Doesn't Happen by Accident, System Safety Comes of Age. I'm very pleased to welcome Sonia Bott, who is well known to, uh, to Railway Age now through the PSR 2.0 series. And with her is Tony Zenga of the CMTI group. Uh, just would like to add that um, this podcast is tied to our three articles that uh, will be in Railway Age, October, November, and December issues, as well as on our website and on our digital edition. So, uh, interesting term here. Uh, Sonia, uh, you've talked about Industry 4.0, the or 4.0, as uh, you Canadians like to say, uh, the fourth industrial revolution. What exactly is that? More important, what does it mean for railroads? Well, Bill, I find Industry 4.0 and how we apply it to railroading really, really exciting. It promises to completely revolutionize how work is done not just improving productivity and efficiency by a little bit, but by a lot, right? So Industry 4.0 takes automation and computerization into the future. It trends towards the automation and data exchange in processes and technologies that includes things such as the industrial internet of things, cloud computing, and artificial intelligence. Industry 4.0 is fairly new, and it was formalized by the World Economic Forum in 2016. So we are in the really early stages of it. So what does this mean for railroads? Well, railroads and transportation systems overall, they are quite complex with respect to technology and operations because they involve a wide range of personnel, organizations, and technical solutions. And on top of that, we've got new entrant competitors that are setting new and higher expectations for the origin to destination requirements, and that's driving unprecedented competition. So there is a need to apply intelligent computerized systems for the operation and control of such operating environments. And of course, to stay ahead of the competition. So we are in the early stages of Industry 4.0 overall globally, and railroads are at the beginning of their journey. And this journey is all about establishing a true end-to-end digital continuity. So I'll give you some examples. Uh, In the context of the industrial internet of things, we've got positive train control and enhanced train control. In the context of automation, we have autonomous track inspections. In the context of AI-based automation, an example would be expanding autonomous inspection to include predictive analytics for track data. So for railroads, Industry 4.0 has a number of benefits, and they include things such as improved productivity and efficiency, 
better flexibility and agility, uh, increased profitability and competitiveness, and it improves the customer experience. So what this means for railroads is that we need to align our safety practices, which means that some paradigms will shift. In the Industry 4.0 world, we need to ask questions such as, how do we know that these solutions and systems are safe and that there are no lurking issues? How do we know that the integration of multiple components from various vendors, partners, and even from within uh, you know, the organization meet the safety objectives? How do we know if safety integrity is preserved after changes are made anywhere in the loop? Uh, how do we shift the paradigm where safety moves from a cost center to a value-added business driver? And of course, design and implement safe solutions in the new world. The railroad mantra has always been uh, safety first. You hear that a lot. Uh, the industry safety statistics as measured by the Federal Railroad Administration and Transport Canada they have been continuously improving for at least a generation, yet you stress that system safety as a formal practice is in the very early stages in the rail industry, indeed across the transportation supply chain. So, Sonia, what differentiates safety first from system safety? Or put another way, what is system safety? Okay, uh, first of all, uh, safety first and system safety are two different things. Safety first is a mantra, of, as you've said, Bill, and it goes beyond methodologies and technologies. System safety is a discipline, it's a practice, and it has established as well as emerging methodologies. So the two, safety first and system safety, the two coexist. Now, it's great uh, that safety statistics have been improving for at least a generation. I would challenge though, are the statistics improving enough? Could we truly do better? What are, why are there unresolved safety issues still perpetuating year over year? Is there a cultural acceptance to certain types and volumes of accidents? a form of learned helplessness or cognitive dissonance? Uh, another question, how are we addressing our industry's paradigm shift into the world of Industry 4.0 where safety is concerned? Yes, we are focusing on using new technology for improving safe operations. However, the digital world is continuously demanding that the integration of systems and solutions. However, the digital world is quite unforgiving to any inaccuracies or incompleteness in things such as the requirements, the specifications, the designs, the implementation, and the operations. Let me give you an example. And this one has been publicly reported in the news globally. So in March, 2020, there was a derailment and collision on the Suen Wong line in Hong Kong. And this occurred during a test in non-traffic hours. The investigation results found that the cause was software implementation errors. 
And the recommendations pointed to practices in system safety, systems engineering, and software engineering. There are many situations like this out there in our industry. This particular incident happened to have made it to the global newswire. So what are we doing to ensure this new world, this new technology, this new way of working, what are we doing to ensure that it's safe? So this is where system safety plays a critical role. Tony, your thoughts. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, so let me tell you a bit more about system safety. By definition, system safety is the engineering process used to prevent accidents by identifying and eliminating or controlling hazards. So the next question is, okay, so what's a hazard? So <clears throat> a hazard is a system state that together with a set of worst case conditions will lead to unsafe circumstances. For example, things like uh, a derailment or a collision or a fire and so on, okay? So <clears throat> when railroads had traditionally done uh, in the past, they relied, as, as Sonia said earlier, they relied uh, a lot on accident investigation results, much like the old aviation industry, which was fly, fix, fly after a crash. Uh, but the stakes are much higher in today's rail environment, since today's rail systems are much more complex than in the past. For example, they would include things like uh, you know, wayside controllers for controlling railway trackside devices. Uh, they provide movement authority and enforce signaling interlocking functions or onboard controllers to enforce train movement authority and safe speed limits. Or as in the case of positive train control, brake enforcement in the event that a locomotive engineer exceeds track speed limits. Therefore, the systems-based approach to safety requires the application of technical, managerial skills to hazard identification, hazard analysis for the elimination or control of hazards throughout the entire life of a rail system. Here's a term that uh, uh, kind of um, baffles me a little bit, uh, but I know you folks can uh, explain it. I'll ask you, Tony. Uh, the systems of systems level. What, what is that? It sounds really complex. It sounds daunting, as I said. Uh, is it simpler than it sounds? Well, Bill, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> How do you eat an elephant? Uh, one bite at a time, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the same thing uh, is applied to what we're trying to do in the system safety world. So when I was first introduced to system safety engineering uh, many years ago, uh, the term that I heard often was safety in terms of the big picture. Uh, but there were no defined methodologies for analyzing safety in terms of the big picture. So for listeners who are not familiar with the term system, uh, think of it as a set of things working together as part of a mechanism or an interconnecting network. You know, for example, your car, that's a system. An aircraft is a system. A train is a system. Systems, therefore, decompose uh, to lower level subsystems and their components. So most systems today are part of a system of systems, even if they're not explicitly recognized as such. In systems of systems, a collection of task-oriented or dedicated systems combine their resources and capabilities to create a new, more complex system, which offers more functionality and performance than the sum of its parts. So uh, another example is the uh, positive train control. 
which is a collection of independent and integrated systems to form a PTC system. Okay? Uh, operationally, uh, a railroad acts as a systems of systems during its daily operations to bring together a mix of functions for operations to meet mission objectives. So from an acquisition perspective, railroads have focused on independent systems. So they went out and bought you know, a system here and a system there. Uh, but most transportation systems were created and then evolved without explicit systems engineering at the systems of system or at a big picture level. Therefore, from a system safety perspective, consideration needs to be applied by the transit authority or railroads at the big picture level. Uh, an example, uh, a good example was this week's Railway Age article regarding the R-179 fleet. Uh, one of the safety considerations highlighted in the article was a draft gear failure. Two R-179 cars on a 10-car train separated during revenue service. According to the report, after parting, both sides of the train came to an immediate emergency stop, which is a good thing to do. Uh, <clears throat> this means that a failure occurred at the draft gear, which is a subsystem level hazard, and it was mitigated at the train system level by applying emergency brakes to bring both parts of the train to an emergency stop. At the systems of systems level, therefore, the big picture again, the signaling system prevented the trains from entering the zone where the part of train stopped, thus preventing any cascading hazards. If you look at it maybe uh, on, on a, uh, a locomotive, uh, you have independent systems, you have the diesel engine, there's the traction alternator, the, the traction motors, the computer control system, uh, all the, and all the other subsystems that go with it, the onboard PTC, there are some health monitoring, and there's probably, on modern locomotives, there's dozens of, so we call them subsystems, but if you look at them independently, so, the, so in, from that sense, is the locomotive the system of systems? Well, uh, great question, Bill. Uh, <clears throat> I usually get involved when uh, I talk to the software folks where you're trying to decompose what's a system. So you've got to define boundaries. And like you said, you know, you've got your, your couplers, that's your subsystem. Uh, you've got your brake systems. You've got your onboard displays. So each one of those does make up a subsystem and together make up a train system. But the train system needs to work in a network. In other words, one train with another train and the wayside uh, systems. So all of these at the highest level are all part of the systems of systems working together. And the biggest problem occurs when these systems interface with one another because it becomes nobody's land. And that's where you, you have safety issues that fall through the cracks. And these need to be identified and, and mitigated at some, you know, in, in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Sonia, I'd like you to talk about the holistic view of safety. Uh, if it is a universal business concept, how does it apply specifically to a railroad? Okay, uh, for me to answer this question, Bill, I need to start by making a couple of points. First, uh, railroads are very complex with respect to technology and operations because they involve a wide range of personnel, organizations, and technical solutions. Secondly, safety is embedded in every aspect and function of the railroad. So let me give you an example. 
And I'll take the example from uh, positive train control, PTC. So PTC has introduced a new level of interdependencies across groups, segments, and components in the operation of a railroad. This means that when people uh, make well-intentioned changes that are uncoordinated, unplanned, or incomplete, uh, basically they are making changes outside of what we call the change management process. And these include making design changes or making changes to the managed environment. Okay, so when this happens, there is a very high likelihood of stopping a train or causing other catastrophic consequences that may not be immediately obvious at the time that these well-intentioned people are making their changes. And an example would be uh, powering on and off the chassis that hosts the wayside interface unit functionality without coordination of all those affected or even anyone knowing about it. So something needs to be in place to safely manage these changes across all functions and at all levels, and to continuously monitor that safety objectives are met, and if they are not met, then to do the proper interventions to get things working the way they should. So this is gonna take us to a holistic view of safety, where we must not view safety merely as a collection of parts. Instead, we need to view safety as a whole, where all of the parts are intimately interconnected by the reference to the whole. So you may be thinking, how do we do this, right? And we start by defining a framework that holistically connects all the parts. And in our case here, in the context of safety. So in this framework, uh, we have components such as business objectives, safety objectives, a safety management system, system safety, and so forth. And then with this, we can see where various pieces fit into the greater connected whole. And people themselves can see where they fit into the bigger picture. And by having this greater clarity, there is a better sense of direction and ability to work more effectively and safely. Tony, given the rapid pace of technological innovation in the rail industry, uh, you believe that system safety, and I quote, uh, needs more support in business plans as reactive fixes to safety problems really won't work anymore. So tell me, how is this accomplished? Right, Bill, thanks. So uh, <clears throat> Benjamin Franklin supposedly once said, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. Therefore, in, you know, in my perspective, every business plan must have system safety considerations or a dedicated risk management plan where system safety risks uh, are identified, tracked, and mitigated. You need to plan this right up front. So the way this is accomplished is that, system, that safety is designed up front and built into all layers of, of the hardware, software, people, systems, and processes, including real-time operations. So <clears throat> railroads must also ensure that ecosystem stakeholders are just as dedicated by ensuring that system safety is part of their business plan, 
flow down of safety requirements to vendors, suppliers play a major role in this. And across the interfacing st stakeholders to ensure nothing falls through the cracks. For example, things like interoperability between railroads. So, so everybody needs to contribute and, and, and have safety in mind right up front from the start of the project and into the business considerations. Sonia, your thoughts on, uh, on this? So when I assess or develop uh, business plans, I consider a number of things. And three things that I'd like to mention today would be, the first one is what I call stop the bleeding. So in railroading, oftentimes a solution is required immediately on quick order because the railroad must keep running and that is absolutely non-negotiable, right? It must keep running. And it often happens that the time it takes to get the best solution in place may take too long. So what we do is we provision for an interim solution to stop the bleeding. However, matters don't stop here. Uh, secondly, you need to provision to what I call permanently cure. And that's to get more effective, lower risk and sustainable solution in place, which can take more time to develop, yet the business case for it would be solid. And oftentimes I find that permanently cure would be in the business plans with good intent. However, when pressures arise, other pressures arise, it often falls off. And unfortunately, I've seen in my experience that uh, comprehensive business cases are not always done in these situations. And whoever yells the loudest dominates and we end up with poor business decisions being made. So two things in the business plan, uh, we may need to have an interim solution, quote, to stop the bleeding, but things don't stop there. You do have to follow up with how you would permanently cure because that's where you get your sustainable and lower risk and more effective solutions in place. So those two must go, that's number one, number two. Thirdly, what I also look for uh, in the business plans, and I make sure I also get them in there, and this may be a new way of thinking for a number of uh, people in our industry, is how do we add more value? How do we leverage beyond the immediate problem, right? How do we further monetize our safety-based investments and innovations. And this is gonna be uh, one of the topics that we're going to be covering in our next article and podcast in the series. But what we need to do, and I look for it in the business plans, how do we take safety from a business cost center and put it and position it as a value added driver to the business? So those are the three things that I look for that I talk about today in the business plan with the eyes of safety as well. So I guess you would say that uh, you want to be on the leading edge, but you do not want to be on the bleeding edge. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, I think uh, you both have made a very strong case uh, for system safety, which is uh, part one, uh, the theme. Uh, Tony, any, any final words? Uh, as, as we wrap this up. I think uh, there's more to follow on following uh, a podcast and, and publications that we will be providing to, uh, 
to Railway Age. But I'd like to thank you, Bill, for giving us the opportunity to introduce the listeners, uh, the system safety engineering discipline. We look forward to constructive comments from your listeners. And uh, as I think we're getting the message across, safety is everybody's business. I also would like to reiterate uh, to our listeners, um, we invite you to reach out to us uh, with your thoughts. Uh, we'd love to hear from you as we evolve through system safety and you know the next generation of railroading together. And as I always say, and I really, really um, am passionate about this, these are really exciting times to be a railroader. As we all know in this industry, uh, uh, good safety or excellent safety is, is good business. And it always will be. So, uh, Sonia uh, Bott and Tony Zenga, thank you for, for joining us for part one of uh, Safety Doesn't Happen by Accident. Uh, we will be back uh, soon with part two and after that, part three. We wish you uh, the best of health and have a safe day. Thanks for joining us.